If you have a Bible this morning, turn with me uh, to the book of Acts chapter 14, and we want to pick up our study in verse 19. Uh, Acts chapter 14 is a special chapter. Paul and Barnabas are in their first missionary journey. They're heading into Gentile lands. They have traveled from Jerusalem to Antioch and Pisidia, and then on to Iconium, and now they find themselves in Lystra. And then just a, a hop and a skip over to Derby. You can see that in, in your ancient maps in the back of your Bible. Now, we come to the conclusion of the message. It's about a two-year span uh, that the first missionary journey has taken place. Paul's not finished yet, but this portion here, but persecution. There choice of persecution at this time uh, because of the Jewish nature and of the law, it's called stoning. And I want you to think about the book of Acts chapter 7. There was a young man by the name of Stephen uh, who was uh, questioned and tried for being a Christian there in Jerusalem after Stephen witnessed uh, to the Sanhedrin, the 71 elect of Israel. He literally took them from Genesis to the present time of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. Then they stoned him to death. That was prescribed in the law, capital punishment. If you're taking notes, Leviticus 20, Leviticus 24, Deuteronomy 13, Deuteronomy 17, and Deuteronomy 22. The, the Old Testament was known for their stoning in blasphemy and such. But you come into the New Testament and stoning is taking place again. Now, we're not accustomed to this, obviously, uh, concerning the Western mind, but I want you to think uh, of the persecution that's going on uh, in third world countries today. Here's Stephen, and he partook of the first stoning. Now, Paul is going to also partake, but here's what's interesting. Back in Acts chapter 7, when Steve was being stoned to death, we're told in Acts chapter 8, verse 1, that this Saul of Tarsus, which becomes Paul the Apostle, consented to his death. I believe that that never left him. It moved upon him because the Bible says that Stephen looked up into the heavens and the heavens opened up and that God was waiting for him. Many declare that Stephen didn't even feel the stones. I don't know. But he was ready to be martyred, to go home to be with the Lord. Well, it was interesting. He was not stoned to death until his message was finished. He's standing before the, the religious sect. And they listen intently. But then he eventually comes to death. It never left Paul. And Paul's going to react to this. It, it changed his life when he gets to Acts chapter 9. He, he comes to saving grace. And God tells Ananias in a dream, in a vision, this is my servant. He was afraid of Saul of Tarsus. He was vicious. He was mean. Lord, I'm going to clean him up because he was going to see. He was blind for three days. And Lord, when, he's going to kill me. He's going to take me. That's what Ananias was thinking. And yet the Lord spoke to Ananias, this is my servant. He's going to go before kings. He's going to go before magistrates. 
but he's going to suffer much. <laughs> suffering is part of the church. Suffering is what sometimes brings us closer to the Lord. I know it's a hard place to be, and we're going to share that this morning. But in the, in the midst of the mission field, there were trials. In the midst of my life, there are trials. In the midst of your life, there are trials. I know a lot of the trials that some of you have, have gone through, some of the trials you're going through. God said that we would go through trials. If he suffered, if his son suffered, we're going to suffer also. Now, the hardest part for me as a pastor is I see that some suffer greater than others. Why, Lord? Why is it that we see the cancer? Why is it that we see uh, the leukemia? Why is it that we see uh, a child that's, that's been taken? Why is it that we, we read and we hear of, of Christian women being raped? The Bible teaches that my ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts, saith the Lord. It's very important to understand that. And so let's get into this passage. He's coming to the conclusion. And then Paul goes back to the same cities. He goes back to Lystra. How would you go back? And they try to stone you to death. Notice verse 19 with me. Uh, the stoning, it says, in Lystra. And then the escape to Derby. Then the Jews from Antioch and Iconium, uh, they came there and having persuaded uh, the multitudes, uh, they stoned Paul and they dragged him out of the city. And this word's very important, uh, supposing him uh, to be dead. Not only having to deal with the idol worship there in Lystra, as we shared last week, then the religious Jews stirred up the minds and the hearts of the people. And yet they saw the miracle sign and wonder of the lame man from birth. Now persuading the mob at Lystra. Notice the people stoned Paul. They dragged him out of the city. Why? Because they supposed he was dead. Here's my question. What did Paul look like that they suppose that he's dead? I mean, he had to show the marks. <laughs> the word supposed is better translated, accustomed. In other words, they, they, they seen this play out before. He's dead. I believe that he was dead. What about God? What is God doing in the midst of this? And that's the question I always get. And that's the question that you might hear. God, why did you allow this? I love you, Lord. I serve you, Lord. And yet again, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Uh, what was Paul thinking? And yet, he kept preaching. And yet they were honoring him last week. <laughs> they, remember that they brought... An oxen that they were going to sacrifice. They brought garland that they were going to decorate the temple and, and the altar. And then when Paul and Barnabas finally recognized what they were doing, he rebuked them for it. But they were rejoicing in their Greek culture. This is their, what they knew. And yet now they're, they're stoning Paul? This is the ministry. It's not easy. What, what is going on in the Middle East today? What is going on in the world today? Could it come to our nation, our country here? Very well. We see some of the things already. Did we forget 
3,000 plus? Church, it's not over. But it wasn't Paul's time to die. I want you to write this down. In Hebrews 9.27, it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. When God is finished with my life, when God is finished with your life, then it's time to go home. And as I get older, these are the thoughts that I have. As you get older, these are the thoughts you have. And it's a tough place to be. But yet, uh, as a Christian, don't we want to go home to be with the Lord? Imagine Stephen when he, we, he saw the heavens open up and, and literally saw the Lord ready to receive him. And, and this is Paul. Now in the Corinthian letters it says that he went to the third heaven. Did he speak about Lystra here? Was that what he was determining in his mind? But they drug him outside of the city. Look at verse 20. However, when the disciples gathered around him, that doesn't tell us, but I believe they were praying, Paul rose up. And he went into the city, and the next day he departed uh, with Barnabas uh, to Derby. I personally believe that Paul was dead. He was stoned to death, just like Stephen in the book of Acts in chapter 7. One of the modes of, uh, of the process of stoning them to death, uh, they would take them to the city gates. I don't know if there were city gates there. Uh, most likely they, they were, and sometimes the gates were up high. Because usually they had, you know, protection. They had towers and such. And, and they would cast your body over the city gates. And if that didn't kill you, then here comes the stones. And they plummet you. And the vision of, uh, of Paul. Now, we know that Paul's vision, his literal vision, was impaired throughout the message. Throughout the Gospels, you'll see, or throughout the book of Acts. And many believe it was this stoning here. It could be. Uh, he had the oozing of the eyes, they said. He asked the Lord, Lord, heal me. Three times. He says, my grace is sufficient to thee. Unmerited favor. My grace is sufficient to thee. But they supposed that he was dead. <laughs> they knew when somebody was dead. They didn't stop. They just kept, the rocks kept coming. When you go to Israel, there's plenty of stones everywhere. And there's various sizes. I don't think they grabbed the little pebbles as we're understanding maybe in our mind, but they grabbed the stones. They grabbed something heavy. And imagine it coming down just, just like a machine gun basically. And so there's Paul left for dead. But he gets up after they pray for him. He goes back into the city. I, Paul, I don't understand your logic. And this is only through the power of God's Holy Spirit. He was warned. He was told that he was going to suffer much uh, back in Acts chapter 9. And Paul's not finished yet. This is just the beginning. He's got several other mission works to do. But after they gathered around him, I believe it was prayer. He went back into the city of Lystra. After they revived him, he was dead. He did not flee the city that stoned him. Paul went back. He had been driven out of Antioch and Iconium. And by this traveling mob gathered together. And that's another amazing feat. These guys believed it. The religious sect. I mean, they went after Paul. You know uh, the distance they traveled now. It's quite a bit. 
And yet, are these some of these Jews, have they come from Jerusalem? Have they come just from uh, Antioch and Iconium? But they stirred up the mob and they want Paul killed. Now, I have to say this. It, it was not on their terms. It was not on Paul's terms. It was in God's terms. The things that happened to me, the things that happened to you, uh, they are in God's terms. Okay, Lord. My prayer is I have to, Lord, help me to understand because I don't, my finite mind, my human mind, I don't understand. And I know you love me. Why is this happening to me? We're not alone, church. All Christians go through trials. Some go through harder trials than others. And so think about it here. This is Paul the Apostle. And what does he do now? Uh, he, he's got to be sore. He's got to be wounded. Or did God completely heal him? I believe Paul showed the marks later. He speaks about those marks. He bore the marks on his body, just as his Savior. And so we begin in verse 21. And the caption of my Bible says, The strengthening of the converts. Now, you stoned me in Lystra. I don't want to go back to your city. I don't want to minister to you. You don't want me there. Didn't Jesus say, kick off the dust and leave? Paul goes back. Paul goes back. And when they had preached the gospel uh, to that city and men, made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. Paul and Barnabas decided to head back home uh, to the base camp uh, in Antioch. Remember that uh, Jerusalem was the mother church, but now the mission field is being launched from uh, Antioch. Uh, they passed again through the cities that they had visited before uh, to strengthen and encourage the Christian uh, in those cities. Paul and Barnabas wanted to do far more uh, to get conversions. Listen to this, okay? It spoke to my heart. They had a passion. They had a passion to make disciples. They had a passion to make students, the word disciples. They had a passion to make pupils, uh, the word disciples. Uh, they had a passion to make followers of Christ. That's the word disciple. I, I think it's so important uh, to understand this. Now, Please don't get me wrong, I, I love Billy Graham, and uh, I love uh, Luis Palau, and uh, I love what Franklin Graham's doing now, uh, Pastor Greg Laurie and the Harvest Crusades, uh, Pastor Raul, my pastor, somebody loves you. I mean, I've seen these, and I've seen the numbers, and yet these brothers, I know them, and they would tell you, it's not about the numbers. We know not everybody comes to saving grace, or they might raise their hand, and they might make the, uh, what they call the, uh, they go up the sawdust trail, or the sawdust walk into, because that's the way they used to hold the crusades back in the day. Not everybody. I mean, people come to Christ because of emotions, but does it stick? Is there disciples? Is there uh, learners? That was Paul's desire. You know, there are those that argue, argue concerning altar calls and such, and that doesn't faze me. If you want to do an altar call, praise God. 
But ultimately, I can't save you, neither can yourself. It's got to be the Holy Spirit. He will prompt you. He will move you. And, and yet, here's Paul. He goes back, and he's going to hit all these cities again. Notice the whole purpose again. He goes back to these beautiful words. Uh, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them uh, to continue in the faith, and, ha and saying, we must, through many tribulations, trials, hardship, and pain, enter the kingdom of God. Radical statement. Wait a minute, Paul. I don't want to go through those things. You go through them. You're part of the leadership. You're part of the ministry. The Bible says that we have all things common. We have all things common. And if you read enough of the, the stories in the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, we know that there's trials and tribulation and hardship and pain, and it's awful. Many times it just tears families apart. Notice in verse 22 now, when they returned through Lystra, Iconium, and then heading back to Antioch, the base camp, what did they do? Paul and Barnabas uh, wanted to do far more than get the converts again. They had this passion as we shared to build up the disciples. Establish churches. Christian, pay attention this morning. Christians need strengthening in the depths of their souls. I know I do. Christians need to be exhorted with love and compassion. Uh, we don't tear down. And yet the Holy Spirit tears down those things in my life. The pride. Selfishness. Gossip. Various sins, various things that take place. But don't forget that the Holy Spirit's there to build back up. And if we're the ones that are exhorting in love and compassion, uh, let us do it with that agape love. That love that uh, is always giving and never taking in return. And then they encourage them to continue in the faith. Now, I have to read this commentary uh, that I got from uh, David Gusick. I just loved it. It's no small task to walk with the Lord year after year, trial after trial. It takes a strong soul and an encouraged faith to walk in Christ. It takes an encouraged faith uh, to walk in Christ. And I like to use Calvary Chapel, Las Cruces, our home church. This year has been filled with many trials. This year has been filled with, with cancer. This, this year has been filled with death. Right here in the back of my notes, I have three flyers. In the last month of death. Christians. One in particular, uh, Antonio Legareta, uh, 22 years old. I knew Antonio when he was a boy. Uh, our daughter, when she got married here, Antonio was a ring bearer. And I can remember these steps right here. When we did the rehearsal, uh, his muscular dystrophy was already starting. And he couldn't make that step. And so we had to practice where one of the ushers picked him up while well, we went to the funeral on Friday. 
He went home to be with the Lord. What makes this hard for Antonio and his family, that is, is that his brother Angelo before had muscular dystrophy. This is a Christian family. They love the Lord. The Bible says it rains in the just and on the unjust. The trials, the tribulations, the hardship and the pain, we all go through it. Now, Paul and Barnabas, they had such a passion uh, to make disciples. I have a passion to teach and to preach the gospel. I have a passion to see people uh, come to Christ. It's been a blessing with the technology that we have today. Uh, we're able to be on live stream. Uh, the technology today, we're able to be on the radio, not just here uh, in the southwest of Texas and such, El Paso and Juarez, but also in San Angelo, Texas. Uh, God's opened doors for us there. And we're not a big church and we're not a, a rich church yet. Uh, you guys supply the needs for that. And as soon as there's not enough finances, I won't ask for uh, the finances on the radio. We'll shut it down. And, and so you have to have a passion for the lost. But I like that Paul and Barnabas said we're strengthening uh, and exhorting the disciples and establishing churches. And then, uh, you know, they were actually praying for leadership. Pastors, elders, deacons. And that all of this was just being established in the midst of suffering. Again, if you're taking notes back in Acts chapter 9, verse 16, God said to Ananias concerning Paul, uh, he will suffer for my name's sake. In the book of Revelation in chapter 2, the seven churches of Asia Minor, uh, the church at Smyrna, the church that suffered persecution. In James chapter 5, verse 10, James writes and he says, the prophets of old suffered. We know that. But then he says, our brother Job uh, suffered also. And one of the brothers here in the church says, uh, Pastor Bob never read the, the book of Job. I just started reading it. I can't put it down. It encourages you. It ministers to you. When I've gone through the hardest trials in my life, and I've had some, I have to go to the book of Job. And I have to see what our brother Job went through. And I'm always uh, keying in when his wife says, Job, look at you. And I'm paraphrasing it. You are a mess. You are one boil from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. And the best you could do is a piece of pottery and you're just scratching yourself. Curse the God that you serve. What did Job say? The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And by the way, James I believe is a half-brother. Notice that he, he speaks about, uh, let me get back to this. Uh, the whole purpose of the book of James, okay? The 12 tribes that were dispersed. He's encouraging them. It's called the great diaspora. The church is not without trials. And some of us go through more trials than others. Look, look at verse 23 now. Uh, so when they ordained elders, this is what we're speaking about, in, in every church, and they prayed and they fasted, uh, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Uh, the born-again leadership now, which is Paul and Barnabas, ordained and appointed, and now they're uh, turning it around, 
and, and they're appointing Paul and Barnabas, establishing churches. How did all this take place but through prayer and fasting? Back in Acts chapter 13, verse 2, the elders or the leaders at Antioch, they prayed and they fasted, uh, and the Holy Spirit, remember they ministered to the Lord? They ministered to the Lord. We come into the chapel, and so do I. I expect to be ministered to. I expect to be uh, encouraged. I expect to receive from the Lord. I expect to receive from, from the teaching. And, and yet, they minister to the Lord. It's not just ministry and worship and praise as, as the worship team was up here. But ministering to the Lord on your own, ministering to the Lord in your heart. In your heart. Lord, in the midst of my trials, I'm, I'm going to minister to you, Lord. And so they ministered to the Lord back in Acts chapter 13. And the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Paul and Barnabas, which was Saul from Tarsus at the time. His name has been changed now. We know that. But church, I want you to see this. Again, in Acts chapter 13, verse 2, now verse 3, they prayed, they fasted, they laid hands on them, and they sent them out. Paul and Barnabas were following uh, the same method. And let me share this with you. The same method is still here. Our church has been around for 33 uh, years now. And I'll tell you what. I'm amazed uh, of the men that have come out of this church. I'm amazed that some of the women that have come out of this church and they're being used in, in other portions of the country. And some overseas. It just brings a blessing to me. And listen to this. Pastors have come out of this church. Doing their own ministry now, Calvary Chapel. I never planned that at all. You don't plan things like that. God just does them. And so the power of the Holy Spirit has been poured out. God is doing a work. In the midst of the trials, look at verse 24 now and 25. And after they passed through uh, Pisidia, uh, they came to Pamphylia. Now when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down to Atelia. And again, all of this is in your maps. Uh, Pisidia is the southernmost region of the province of Galatia. There in the, it's called the, the area of Galatia in Asia Minor. Pamphylia, a small province between Galatia uh, and the Mediterranean Sea, of which Perga was uh, the capital, and Atelia, uh, the chief seaport. The power of God's Holy Spirit as it's moving along. You can't stop it. You can't stop it, church. Verse 26 goes on, and I want you to see the word commended uh, to the grace of God here. From there they sailed. They've been walking all this time. Remember the mode of operation to travel? If they were fortunate, they had a donkey. If they were fortunate, they would have a, a camel. We hardly ever read about that. But I'm sure there were times, but most of it was on foot. And it's tough. But now they're sailing, and we're going to see more and more of that. I like that. Because it says, and they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended uh, to the grace of God for the work which they had completed. I love that. 
They have completed a beautiful work. Oh, they're not finished yet, but this is the fir first tour, if you may. Yet only partially true that it was a blessing because there's trials that are still going to come. Although the immediate mission was accomplished, there's trials. The work of planting new churches and strengthening existing ones has never ended. They continue. Even here in our 21st century, it's continuing. This is the first mission field. This is the first mission team. Uh, Barnabas is going to split off with Mark. And then Paul and Silas are going to split off. God's not finished yet. But all this is a process of learning and learning. God is still working as he was working then. Now it's interesting. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8. The Lord said that the Holy Spirit would fall upon them. They would never be the same. They would be witnesses there in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. Partially this is done. But it's not finished yet. They continue. And it's going to, it's going to go on further. <laughs> the word that they commended them to the grace of God. If, if you have a King James, it's recommended. But the Greek word is that they hand it over. I like that. They hand it over. We don't hoard. I don't keep it. You want to hand it over. You want other. This is the most group that we ever had that went to uh, San Carlos. And every year when we do various functions, we don't do functions all the time, but the functions that we do do. It's beautiful to see others come. And this is what Kyle was trying to explain. You've never stepped out by faith. Maybe it's time to give it a try. See what God's going to do to you uh, through this as you give of yourself. Well, Pastor Bob, I work a lot of hours. Who doesn't? San Carlos is, uh, you know, once a year. Klein Park is once a year. The passing out of uh, Thanksgiving baskets, it's once a year. Uh, even tonight, uh, it's going to be a time of fellowship, time of rejoicing. Some of you have never even come to any of the Christmas dinners. Well, you know, I don't have a gift. I don't care. Well, you know, I don't know how to cook. I don't care. Come and eat it. It's free. You'll be blown away. Let's finish off the text now. Uh, <laughs> Notice in verse 27 and 28, as they go back to Antioch, and when they had come and gathered the, uh, the church together, uh, they reported all that God had done with them and, and that he had opened uh, the door of faith to the Gentiles. Remember last week when Paul uh, brought that healing upon that man that was lame from birth? Uh, he saw faith in him. He saw faith in him. And we asked the question, how do you see faith in somebody? I believe that the Holy Spirit gave Paul a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, or, or a discernment of spirit. Paul, that guy's staring at you. They were looking at each other intently. And this guy's hearing the gospel from Paul. He's not saved. And yet, get up and walk. Get up and walk. Luke is the writer of the book of Acts, and, and he's a physician, so he tries to give you a, a little bit of the, uh, you know, the, the medical thing. And 
could you imagine if they, what, what's that guy doing? We saw him propped up against the, the wall there. We see his people come and they just drop him off. They knew him, and yet they still went ahead and stirred up the people to stone Paul to death. And Paul gets up and goes back. But notice that, again, the bottom of verse 27, and that he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. That's the power of God's Holy Spirit. The door of faith is open right now in the Middle East. Things are happening. All the media is not going to tell you, but things are happening. A lot of people are waiting for the rapture of the church, as I am, and as I hope you are. But God is going to pour out his spirit one more time. I believe people need to make that final decision. God will give us every opportunity to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. In the midst of trials, tribulation, hardship, and pain. Here we are, 21st century. This is around 46, 48 A.D. Imagine that. Let's finish off verse 27. And when they had come and gathered the church together, they reported all that God had done with them and that he had opened the door of faith. Verse 28 now. And so they stayed there for a long time. We don't know how long. They stayed there for a long time with the disciples. The mission trip, if you may, was very successful, though not without great obstacles. The difficulty of travel itself, the confrontation with Elimas back in Cyprus, the, the sorcerer, the quitting of John Mark, he went back. Being driven out of the cities of Antioch and Iconium and the temptations to receive adoration. Remember, they thought they were Greek gods. And being stoned there in Lystra, yet Paul and Barnabas would not uh, be deterred from the work God had for them to do. What will it take for us to do God's will? I'm going to be very frank with you. If the Holy Spirit is poured out and people start to come to saving grace, this church will not be big enough. All the other churches in our community will not be big enough. Are we ready? As I'm teaching here, somebody goes outside and teaches in the parking lot. Somebody goes into the, uh, the downtown area here and preaches there. Somebody goes here and the side that actually belongs to the School of the Americas next door. Are we ready for this? What if we hold church at Apodaca Park, Young Park? What if we go over here to the barrio at Klein Park that we're accustomed to? I mean, there's a stage there. Everything's set. I was just told this week, one of the brothers in the church, uh, this was back in the 90s, we had a, a light failure here, electricity, and it was a Wednesday night. Some of you might have been here. And we're doing a Wednesday night Bible study. And anyway, the lights went out, no power. Uh, no electrical, no voice, nothing. And so somebody says, oh, okay, we're all going home, right? I go, no. I didn't even say it, but people were taking chairs, and they went into the parking lot. And we have a makeshift uh, pulpit that was over here. Now it's in the back. We just moved it. And they took it out there. And I can speak loud enough. It just wasn't taped that day, that's all. 
And what got me, we were in the parking lot, and I was sharing this, and there was a handful there. We were going through the Old Testament, I believe. There was a transient, and he was long hair, matted beard, and he didn't smell ripe, right? Or he did smell ripe. <laughs> After we finished, he comes up to me, and he says, Pastor, here. And he hands me a sweaty gob of money. I says, no, we, we, don't, we don't receive an offering on Wednesdays. Oh, no, 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 no. And, you know, so I took it. I put it in the agape box. That touched my heart. He had probably panhandled, and he was probably going to buy whiskey or beer or wine, or he was probably going to get some tobacco. I don't know. But he came and he heard the gospel. That's what the gospel is all about. And one of the guys in our church that's part of this church now said, that's the night I came. We came into church. I had a hard time coming into church. And then you said, we're going outside. But I went outside. I was comfortable. And so where, where is church? Wherever uh, the body of Christ, the ecclesia, the called out ones. And so Paul took the gospel to the highways and the byways. But, and I want you to leave here with that this morning. It's not without trial. It's not without hardship and pain. Paul was an example. Job was an example. Our brothers and sisters in the Old Testament, New Testament, uh, were examples. Some of you are examples. The funerals that we attended, especially Antonio, he couldn't walk. Helpless. His breath. His lungs collapsed. That has happened many times. But at the age of 22, finally he succumbed. His brother Angelo lived to be 21, I believe. But he's walking the streets of gold with Juanita and also Mr. Wisner. That's what it's all about, church. That's what it's all about. These things that we go through here now, it's temporal. It's temporal but we're going to be glory bound. And those of us that have lost loved ones, we all have. They're going to go home to be with the Lord. They're going to be waiting for us. My mom loves to have visions and dreams, and I've always questioned my mom's visions and dreams, and, and yet she's, she's had them since she was a youngster. And even as a Christian, she's had them. And, you know, my mom's told me, your dad's coming, sat at the edge of the bed at night, and uh, says, Bob, what do you want? Uh, I just want you to know I'm doing okay. And I says, Mom, what did Dad look like? Oh, the same. He has his cane. He has his hat. My dad wore a hat. He never took it off, even in church. He always had a cowboy hat. <laughs> and I, I don't want to argue with my mom, but, but the Bible says we're going to have a new body. Well, my dad could have had his new body, but he still wanted to keep his cane and his hat either way. <laughs> Let's all stand and we'll end with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you and we praise you and we worship you. And we stand in awe of your promises, of your holiness, of your righteousness, Lord. As we look at the first missionary trip, it's been exciting to watch and it's not been without trial. Yes, we see the healings, the miracles, signs and wonders. But yet, uh, man, uh, in, in his 
just his eagerness of trying to do the right thing, and we hear it today, I, I, we just want to be politically correct, and yet they're, they're wrong. And so, Father, help us to glean. It's not about the faith uh, and prosperity movement. It's not about uh, the healing ministry movement. It's about you, Lord. You choose who to heal. To take home is a healing. You choose who to bring back from the dead as Lazarus, as even Paul the Apostle. And so, Lord, help us to understand. Help us to receive from you, Lord. The word of God will not come back void. And so, Lord, any, if anybody's here this morning that does not know you, today is the day of their salvation. If anybody here uh, this morning is in a backslidden condition, the Bible says Jesus left the 99 sheep and he came back uh, looking for the one. And so, Father, speak to us. If we need to rededicate that life, uh, we're a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter. Either way, Lord. And Father, there are those this morning in our church, I know them, they need a healing, Lord. They need a physical healing. But they need to step out by faith as Pastor Cliff will come up to the front and Angie will be up here. And they need to ask for prayer. They need to exercise that faith and to seek you, Lord. And so Father, bless those that have come this morning. Bless the offerings as you've given to us. We give back a portion. And we thank you and praise you. Bless tonight as we gather back for our annual uh, Christmas dinner and exchange of gifts. It's just a blessing to, to, to do this. So, Lord, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.